The Broomwagon Podcast presents Caravan Serai, a nice and amazing chat with two good friends talking about all the landscape of the ultra endurance races. This is the first attempt of going directly into the Broomwagon Podcast, but you can see also the video chat on YouTube, link down in the description below. Just look for Broomwagon Podcast Caravan Serai. And my good friends are Josh Ibet, you know whom I'm talking about, and Becky Waters, also our amazing dot watcher. They know way more than I do about ultra endurance races and everything like that. That's why I love to have chitty chatting, commenting about lineups, races, and all the little anecdotes that can happen around a super nice ultra endurance event. This time we are talking about Highland Trail 550, probably the most notorious, infamous, anticipated race of the north of UK, in Scotland to be precise. North of Scotland, probably we can also say. It's super interesting and as I was saying, if you want to also see our faces, YouTube video, check down in the description below and as well remember that you can do whatever you want in order to support this podcast. It's super easy. The easiest thing, subscribe, uh, comment, rate, give us a super good rate on the Spotify and as well on YouTube when you're going there. And as well, another thing that you can do, down description below, coffee link, drop me some coins. So this podcast can become independent. Another thing that I want to tell you is that apart from the Caravanserai, so the comment to the all HT550 and something else, also in the future, there's gonna be also the shorts with all the story of Josh taking part to the HT550. Yes, because it's not only commenting the year in there. This year is also taking part to some good Ultra Endurance event, and this one is one of those. Highland Trail 550 is one of those. So just be tuned because every day or every couple of days we are going to receive some comments, sorry, some updates from Josh, and then we're going to put here and there some comments. I'm going to be there putting some comments in for sure. Becky also is going to be there. There's going to be a merry family there saying a lot of things about Josh adventure on the HT550. But for now, Caravan Serai, if you want to know everything, on how the race is gonna be and who is gonna be the participants. Stay tuned. Let's try to clap together. I'm gonna say three, two, one, and then clap. Three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the most anticipated and probably infamous podcast of the year. We're talking about Caravan Serai, and that's actually the most infamous podcast of the year. And the most anticipated time of the year is the Highland Trail 550. We're going to talk probably of on the most loved race of all time, especially talking about the people that I'm going to talk with. And uh, yeah, I'm here, the classic round of special people, especially in terms of really special. And I'm here with Becky, and I'm here with Josh. And you know my name, I'm Stefano. Hi, everybody. Let's talk hey, Highland, Tra Highland, ah, Highland Trail 550. But first of all, A, are you doing? B, where are you? And what's going on, people? I am doing really well. I am currently in Temuco in Chile. And winter is firmly here. I'm looking at you guys, and I think you've got better weather, weather than I do. Um, so I'm fully wintered up at the moment, which is nice, I suppose. Um, but it's not the summer, the summer vacation I was hoping for. I think I actually have, I could be more Scottish conditions than Scotland right now. 
nobody can a Scottish Scotland, but somebody can Scottish Chile. That's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How you doing, Josh? What's up with you? I mean, you have really good weather here. I have uh, really, I don't know, it looks like Indonesia when it's foggy. So it's super humid. It's yeah, super gray. There it seems like better. It's finally good weather in the UK. And um, there's even going to be good weather in Scotland this weekend, which is excellent. Um, I'm currently in Cambridgeshire um, at home. And I'm driving up to Scotland tomorrow on the Highland Trail. Yeah, that's nice. So tell, uh, let's start from that, maybe. Seems like the classic thing that happens in Highland Trail 550 is having rain, cold, Wait, it's a challenging parkour with a challenging weather with a lot of hike a bike, is it? Pretty much, that's that's it summarized. It's, um... Do we need? Do we even need to do the rest of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think it. we can shut up. Walking. Let's go. Exactly. Let's close it here. Let's go have a coffee. It's better. I mean, if uh, if you were to summarize the Highland Trail, it would probably be. The route consists of some of the most amazing hiking trails in the whole of Scotland, connected by bike. <laughs> but the good thing about walking up hiking trail is you get to mountain bike down the other side. So it's amazing mountain biking as well. But you pretty much have to walk up them. And then it's a gravel ride in between. <laughs> Makes sense. So everything that is rideable, then it's uh, on kind of a gravel kind of trail. And everything else that is could be mountain biking, it's better walking it. Um, not necessarily. I think... The, the walking bits are, I mean, you're not going to do, like, the only way to get on is walking. I'm thinking of Be Like Horn. We're going to more detail soon, but we're talking kind of like steep, grassy banks like that and <laughs> rocky steps. And, and just like, I mean, coming out of um, Fisherfield up the, uh, I can't remember what the, the sort of the mountain you cross over is, um, but you're basically like walking up a vertical hiking track. It'd be hard to mm. hike up, let alone with a bike. Um, but yeah, it's a funny one that the Highland Trail. It's it's it's, it's most definitely a race of two halves because you, the, the first half isn't. Damn it, Josh! Half. That was my line. That was my <laughs> line. You <laughs> stole it. Damn it! That was the only original insight I had, and you have just nicked it. <laughs> uh, well, essentially, go for it. Well, I'll let Becky tell you because otherwise you'll get upset. Exactly. Please, tell Becky, tell us, please, Becky, tell us more. <laughs> Um, Josh is absolutely right. It's a, a route of two halves. I'm not going to cut and this one, by the way, yeah? just for you to tell you. I'm not going to cut it, so please go on. It's okay. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the first half, Josh is right, is much more of a of a gravel route. Um, a lot of it is similar to GB Juro, no, Josh? Pretty much identical, apart from, well, maybe the start bit's not, but um, yeah. the immediate start. But then as soon as you get to Fort Augustus, it's very similar. And then you... Um, uh, is it Ben Alder? I always get Ben Alder and Glen Affric mi mixed up. Ah, Ben Alder Al comes earlier. That's Glen the first one, at the it? end. Yeah. yeah. So Ben Alder, that's this kind of like um, the first, the, the hint of what's to come. Um, it's, a, it's a hiking trail, but you can pretty much ride up most of it. Um, and then you've got a really good, amazing mountain bike descent. And then you kind of basically reconnect with where the GB Duro goes. And okay. it pretty much follows the same course till pretty much the most northern point it is and, then... and there's the point at which you the riders will diverge from the gb juro route there is this huge gear shift in in terrain and you go from what's a lovely four by four 
gravel estate track uh, and you take a left turn and the route just roughens from then and that's when you're heading towards the Bulac Horn and that's that is I think really where the Highland Trail starts um, that's where when you've got really or you're like oh shit well I've got myself in <laughs> Yeah. When people said hike a bike, I didn't realise it was this bad. Yeah. And that's that's the hike up and then the hike down. And that's almost halfway as well. Not far up halfway. So you get really drawn into it. You're like, oh, I'm covering all this distance. I don't know what everyone's on about because yes. it's like a day and a bit and I've I've done it so I can get it done under three days. Maybe even less. And then you just get <laughs> off your bike and you're just walking. And then you're walking and walking and walking. And then you get on your bike again down a really sketchy downhill. And then you realise that you're effectively, it's kind of like a big gully and there's mm. big peaty, it's peaty ground. So if it's wet, it's just soft. I mean, it doesn't matter if you crash because he just fall in the gorse and squelch basically, normally. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, but it, is halfway, it is halfway by distance, but you're right, it's not halfway by time. Yeah. And when we say it's a race of two halves, that first half is extremely deceptive. Um, and a quick look at the replay on track leaders will tell you just how much slower the, the return leg from the Bulac Horn is. You'll probably get halfway distance-wise in about, you're only like a quarter of the way around in time-wise. Mm. Um, mm. It's probably fair to say that. Um, and that's, that's it. It's, it's kind of, uh, the, the, there's a lot of big ticket sections. There's probably six or seven really hard sections and then the bits in between aren't actually too bad but it's just mm. attritional and those sections just totally wipe it out of you and the first one i mean i'll give you the first one could be ben Alda, um which is a warm-up um yeah and on fresh the first, yeah yeah and, uh, and obviously choreic pass but again that's rideable that's that's gb duo um but yeah you get to be like horn and that's when that's when you're really into the highland trail and you're really far north. The weather can be crappy. I think the first year I did it in 2015, it was just horrendous. And the weather hit, hit at that point and I couldn't see anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I was totally unprepared because <laughs> not, not many people knew about the Highland Trail in 2015. We're hoping for something I, a little different this year, Josh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Eight years later, hopefully you've got some more tricks up your sleeve. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, people you just... talk about the, the Highland Trail in terms of loops, don't they? Yeah. And Bulac Horn is the furthest northern point of the route and it's on the northern loop. And yeah. there are middle loops and southern loops. Um, and I think people do that because sometimes people go out and tour a, only a certain loop or one oh. or two loops. And when I've asked people if I, before I did the Highland Trail, if I was going to go up and recce part of the course what I should do and everyone told me not to do the northern loop because it's just the least enjoyable the really good stuff is on the the southern and the middle loops yeah well it, originally in the first couple of editions it wasn't the Highland Trail 550 it was mm. was it the 500 or 450 and that northern loop got put on after the first few editions when Alan had, had scouted a bit more so it Damn could it. be a really it could be a really nice route but unfortunately <laughs> it's not <laughs> so the, the points that the, the kind of loops kind of connect um are Fort Augustus um so that's the first the first kind of big resupply on the way out and a, a major one on the way back um and then it's uh Oikel Bridge I think isn't it 
Yes. Um, yeah. It's never so open. Yeah, the hotel never, that's no. never open. Actually, well, well, in 2015, it was actually really good. And I stopped there for pasta and it was just, I just fell in the door basically. And the owners were really, really nice. I think um, it's got a reputation for not being that friendly now. But back yes. then they were super, super friendly. And then I remember I got back round again and I got there at seven in the morning and they made me a pasta fry up. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I had a bowl of pasta with a fry up cut up and mixed up in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> which, is, which is amazing. You are so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's not really kind of, um, it's not really an option now because it's, I don't know, they, they, they just, they're not very friendly to cyclists for some reason up there. Um, and then, then this either goes one way or another. The resupply options are very few and far between. And they're either really friendly and really accommodating, uh, like Dumbreg, Dumbreg stores, mm. which is just after Be Like, well, I'll say just after, a, a good few hours after Be Like Corn. Um, and they'll, they'll open pretty much any hour of the day if you're doing the 150, 550. But then some of the big hotels, basically, they're all geared out for people driving around and they just don't want smelly cyclists in there. Um, um, so it's a tricky the pandem- one. The pandemic did not help that at all. I yeah. remember seeing you a cold, wet mess in, was it Pool Yui? Yeah. And they'd only agreed to serve you a takeaway meal. And anyone looking at you knew that all you needed was to sit next to a radiator uh, for an hour or two. Yeah, and they made us sit outside. They made you Ooh. sit outside. Not bad. So I went so for like, I've, 30 minutes and just turned oh myself on Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, let me so, ask yeah. you then the question because I mean the both of you uh, did it already and read as raced or ridden it you ridden said, exactly. I rode it Josh okay. raced it okay we know we know this by now Stefano. exactly we said this already <laughs> but tell me more about how many times so how many times have you ride it or race it I've only done it once. once last year was my first year yeah 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 what about two Josh yeah, I've done it one and a half times I had scratched first year. I scratched after, um, what did I scratch? I can't remember. Borodin. My Basically, it was horrific weather. And I think my I was on a full suspension mountain bike and I probably should have fitted new bearings before I started because they were nearing the end of their life. And um, the Highland Trail accelerated that wear quite rapidly. My bike was bending in the middle. <laughs> um, interesting. So, yeah. So, I ended up, I mean, it took, so I was, I got caught by Tom... I can't remember his surname, the guy that won it, um, he caught me, I was leading all the way around, and he caught me, there's a rail crossing just at the bottom of Torridon, and basically yes. that that kind of just was my decision then, it's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of not leading now, so I, I think it's, it's foolish just to carry on with a ruined bike, because um, it was sway in the middle, I couldn't go in a straight line, <laughs> so I ended up, but he, he took, from that point, he took 24 hours to get back to, Fort, uh, to Time Drum, and I That's- took more time to get back on public transport that shows you how remote it is oh my gosh yeah and that's so interesting yeah and then my second question is people i mean you are quite familiar with the race itself and uh, with the event itself but everything that you are telling me is basically the first part is quite easy enjoyable and blah blah, blah. the second part is horrible what's the fun on doing it and everybody's telling me that the weather is super bad uh, there's a lot of hike a bike but everybody seems like he's talking about that keeps on going there and it's a quite of a nice event probably because we are all in love with squat the scottish people and weather and landscape or there is something else. What's the magic sauce there? It's just the most beautiful place in the world. Generally, it's, you're getting in some pretty spectacular places, even when it's raining. 
so the last time I did it was 2021 and it was just well it was nice the first day and then it was just horrendous and, and I went through Fisherfield which is another really remote section after Ullapool and it's I think it's meant to be one of the remote the most remote sections or the most remote section or the, the, the point furthest away from any road in the UK in the middle of Fisherfield mm. but it, there was so much water I mean, it was almost drier to ride in the streams than it was on the tracks. Crazy. It's just <laughs> so much crap and like, yeah, it was horrendous. But it was so spectacular because there's this, a big steep valley and there's all these sort of big rocky mountains and they were just cascading with water. It's like a 360 waterfall. It was, mm -hmm. it was intense. It was really intense. And I think, Becky, you saw us coming out of Fishfield, didn't you? With, yes. When you were with Dan. And you, they, they, you were they soggy. Hung, they, they hiked for hours to come and find us and we just rode by because we were so cold and wet. <laughs> just... But I think what one of the things for me about the Highland Trail, because it was the kind of roughest rate, route I had ever done, is that you find yourself in places that you would never choose to take yourself with a bike. You would look at a map, you would see how close the contour lines are and you would say, well, that's no place for a bicycle, so I'm not going there. But Alan has designed architected this route that takes you to these inarguably awful places to be with a bicycle and but you're then also rewarded in some way with a view or a descent um or a feeling out in like you say fisherfield is just big and you are so small um you don't get that feeling very many places in the uk if anywhere in the uk um no well, you just... don't. It's what six foot seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At five foot five, I get it quite a lot. <laughs> In the car park when you come out of Tesco's. Yeah. <laughs> Stood next to my Persho two hundred six. Yeah, if you like wilderness and you're over five foot. <laughs> no, yeah, it's. But uh... there are some other. Please. I was going to say they're just. We, we haven't talked about any of the other tasty sections south of Fisherfield, really. Um, Fisherfield really is the crux of the route. Um, and before Fisherfield is Ullapool, which is, I think, the biggest town on route. There is a 24-hour Tesco's. It's and I know Lee... Hour. It's, it's higher than 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eight right. and ten. I know, I know that. Because there's nothing open, and last time I got there, it was COVID times. None of the hotels would let us in to get any food, um, and the petrol station wasn't open for another half hour. So I rode through Fisherfield with two packs of Jaffa cakes and a bag of nuts. You think you'd know better, wouldn't you, Josh? Well, yeah. I mean, it was all right. <laughs> so sort of. still made it. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's, it is. Uh, it, it is. is, is a reasonable one. Yes, and it's Lee Craigie has said that anybody who can make it to Ullapool can make it to the finish. Okay. Um, but there are some big obstacles along the way, and Fisherfield is the first of them. Um, well, well, after that, the Coffin you... Road. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you've got, um, you've got uh, Leadmore Traverse as well, which, which isn't super challenging per se, but it's just it's, it's meant to be challenging because it's, it's basically like a flat, draggy hiker bike mm, with a perfectly good tarmac road parallel to it yeah i mean a lot of the routes like that though to be honest i wouldn't if you're thinking of doing it don't study the route too much because you'll just get pissed yes. off knowing, knowing you're, <laughs> you're taking 10 hours to do something that should take an hour 
Um, and Ledmore Traverse comes just before Ullapool, and I know this because by the time I reached Ullapool, that was when I realised my ankles were in trouble because of a level traverse. Yeah. Um, I mean, the typical thing on a Highland Trail is the first time you twist your ankle, you think, oh, that really hurt. You know, I just kind of, I don't know if I'll be able to go on now. I've twisted my ankle. By the end of it, you're just twisting your ankle every five minutes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then spinning your cranks around, smashing yourself in the shin, kicking mm. stuff. I mean, you, your shins just get totally destroyed. Um, your ankles get destroyed. Your feet get destroyed if it's wet. It's um, it's not very pleasant actually thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do this, Josh. You're off Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Go I've ahead, done my sorry. hike bike training. Though. I'll be fine. I, there's there's um obviously I live in Cambridgeshire, the flattest place in the universe, but there is a, a new motorway uh, interchange by my house or close to my house and there's a set of really long steps next to it so i've, I've been walking up and down the steps and my bike on my back but that's my training <laughs> sorted good. that's perfect to get you out of fisherfield really well exactly yeah just need some random rocks thrown at uh, kind of really to make the the surface really unstable and, and someone to throw buckets of water at me and then we're laughing <laughs> <laughs> one question that i want to ask you people and then we can keep on going on that maybe stepping still another step um, step putting another step in the conversation of the route itself and is would you recommend it to go there and ride it even if it's not a race so outside of the race would you do it or you just would do it because there's an event there's the event it's perfectly scouted and there are a lot of people around and you're going to enjoy the experience because there's something happening or you would consider also something like okay look it's uh, pff, the 7th of July, I have one week off where I'm not going there and uh, riding the Haiti 550 just for fun. I'd probably do the first two loops, like the southern loop and the middle loop. The northern loop, as we said, has got a couple of sections which are just a bit rubbish, um, to, to be honest. <laughs> if you're into bike riding, then I wouldn't recommend doing the northern loop because you do quite a lot of walking. Um well, no, two, that's not fair. There is some nice riding, but it's it's either on the road um, because it connects everything together or you're doing Horn or the Ledmore Traverse and they're just not enjoyable. Um, but if that's you do the advice I was given when I was talking about wrecking some of the route and people, it, I think it's widely acknowledged that the southern and the middle route loops are the most rideable, certainly, and the most enjoyable there are sections on there that are just excellent single track mountain biking um for example Torridon, and yeah. and that that makes a proper holiday i'm just asking for a friend i mean i'm planning with my family to go to <laughs> scotland this summer and i'm thinking shall i take my bike or not where shall i go to ride it if i'm gonna take it so that's why i was asking just for the records. Um, let me put the other little dot there so we can actually then after that start talking about racing. Can you give me a couple of, I don't know, comments, sentence, description about the organizer, Alan, right? Tell me more about him. Alan has become something of a, um, <clears throat> I guess, a legend in in the sport and... He generally keeps his head down. The The event isn't sponsored in any way. There is no entry fee. 
So Alan does this in his own time um, without any payment. The There's no entry fee, but riders are asked to make a donation to the John Muir Trust, um, which I think helps with conservation and generally protects the environments in which the, the race happens. Um, so I think he's one of the most well-liked and perhaps most well-respected organisers because he's kept the event so low-key, um, which in turn I think has created that community within uh, or amongst the, the veterans. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's exactly, if I can give you just my first memory that I got about the HT550, I didn't know about that and I have been following anyways externally uh, the sport for a while for the community for a while i would not call it sport i mean from my side at least uh i mean josh probably would consider it in another way uh but actually i was in uh thank you man thank you the community is good um no but actually i was at silk road mountain race and nelson the organizer of all these crazy other events there was telling me yeah what i was asking him, what are you doing when yeah yeah i'm gonna do and it, i'm talking about 2019 um i'm gonna go and do the ht uh, 550 and uh, and then probably i'm gonna do then the tour divide after whatever and then i said ht 550 what is that and then we started having this conversation for a couple of hours on what was actually representing for the community this kind of event and after that i was completely fascinated and uh, then after that I actually go to see what what was going on actually reading stuff from dot watcher and bikepacking and everything and then i can understand completely why it's that magic and now listening to you again people it's great and the thing as well is the route that is there it's it's no joke and just, this is a nice thing about i mean for any like any race um you know when everyone's finished like you know what each other's been through so it's a, it's a total leveler and the highland trail is just brutal um like i say to people when you compare like the highland trail and the, the tour divide like the the highland trail in terms of fatigue is just like being hit with a shovel around the head and, <laughs> and the kind of the tour divide is just slow chinese torture you know it gradually builds up over time yeah. so yeah the uh, the highland trail is just savage and just getting around is an achievement quite frankly um because there is no like soft options really there you know the resupplies are the resupplies it's almost harder to go fast because if you're going fast the timings work that you miss a load of resupplies and all they're shut there's not just a hotel you can bail in you know like on you know, you know like tcr or something like that most of the time there's not a lot of phone reception and the weather's just changeable and the terrain's slow and if your bike breaks you've got to mend it there's no there's no going to a local town to get get spares it's just just hard just just hard that's it <laughs> so you know it's achievement it's, it's an achievement getting around yeah on yeah. by anyone regardless of how long it takes that's crazy that's very crazy let's go a bit more into the race actually because i'm checking here the amazing notes that thanks a lot becky uh, <laughs> becky put together and actually there's a question here that is quite interesting and uh, i will go actually direct on that quite directly on that in your opinion where the race can be win i mean we have the different loops and everything like that but seems like actually it's not the easiest for example here i'm reading that uh, uh down to torridon is difficult to overtake anybody because of the race itself of the sorry of the route itself but where do you really put all your effort the hammer down in order to get to the finish line first 
Well, from my experience, so 2021, I was going fairly well and I ended up leading it without kind of realising on the first day. Um, mm. This is the year Liam Glenn won. So Liam ended up catching me hiking up um, Bealark Horn. And we were riding together. We were together most of the way. Stopped at Drumbeck stores together. And then he kind of, basically, I kind of missed a turn. There's a, a turn off um, the road after Drumbeck stores that goes to, um, I don't remember the name of the town. Lockinver, yeah. That's where you start doing the, the Ledmore Traverse. And he basically put the hammer down there. Um, so I think Ledmore Traverse is probably, if you're good on your feet, you can make a gap because that's the first tough tough sort of long draggy section that, that you know, i don't know you, you could definitely get a gap there um and then you're kind of like through Ullapool into fisherfield and then it just keeps on coming you get like a bit of a rest and then you've got the, the um it's a tolly path isn't it out of um Hului, um which yeah. is another just like just a very annoying section that takes a lot longer than it should because the road's parallel but it's big slabby sections and then it's just like rocky boggy on and off your bike um slow going so it's just just keeping moving and not cocking up not breaking something not breaking yourself it's a consistent mm -hmm. consistency thing but quite often when races are slower like you see it in like you know road races and stuff and cyclocross a slow heavy race means the gaps are bigger and the gaps can grow quite quickly um so and that's what I found really interesting when I was looking at the tracking, um, because I kind of just assumed that someone might develop a really far uh, a lead in on the faster, the faster stretch up to the Bulak Horn and then hold on to that lead. But that's not necessarily the case. There's quite a lot of leapfrogging between the Bulak Horn to from the past couple of years that I looked at to Torridon and. After Torridon, which is a 386 miles, so is that about 650 kilometers, I think. Um, nobody's been overtaken after Torridon, except for Angus Young, who was leading last year, but he he actually stopped because I think he pushed himself too far. Yeah, crashed um, out on the first day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, We're not talking about that too much. <laughs> Let's just hope this year is clearer and cleaner. Um, yeah. I'm, it, it'd be good to see. Um, Ang I'm yeah, looking forward to seeing Angus come back. But Torridon seemed to be a point of uh, kind of no overtaking after Torridon. But that's right in the middle of some of the slowest, the slowest stretches. Um, and I was surprised. But I guess it makes sense that it's it's just harder to go faster than the person ahead of you when you're all going so slow um, and the fatigue setting in by that point as well because Fisherfield is, is is tough even if you're fresh it's tough and Torridon is not um there's like a speed limit on it I mean it, as long as you ride all the descent there's kind yeah. of a speed limit because you can't go too fast because there's so many big drain um drainage channels and things that the smallest little mistake could uh, be a mechanical so you're kind of limited and then you're on the road so everyone's kind of easing off a little bit and then you've just got that really horrible boggy well the long climb and then a boggy section that goes into um i'm rubbish at names dawny mm. i think it's dawny yeah i'm just thinking i'm wondering if it's it's why the race is always won by mountain bikers 
if you look at Hugh Oliver and Liam Glenn and and Neil Belchenko is a great example, they're all just excellent mountain bikers. Um, it's efficiency because you can descend, you can, I mean, we'll take, I don't know, maybe James Hayden, for example, um, mm. because I know he's come from a road background and he's, you know, working really hard on his mountain bike skills. But in 2021, he had like, I think he had 10 tire plugs in his rear tire, mm. which is, mm. you know, I had, well, I had one. Um, and that's probably James Robertson distracting me. <laughs> I looked up and smashed her off. But, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of lose time that way. I mean, 10, mm. 10 tire plugs, 20 minutes easy, probably half an hour, maybe even an hour, you know, if it's a bad problem. But if you're efficient and smooth on a mountain bike, you're just going to be, like, not wasting as much energy, not having mechanicals. And you can just, like, riding quicker over rough terrain is just... Um, a lot more efficiently you can save a lot of energy if you're stiff mm -hmm. on the bike and hitting stuff you're always fighting the bike but you know a lot of these guys uh i mean just riding off road is you know i, I see it myself even at gravel races you know i've raced mountain bikes since i was a kid basically and the guys coming from the road you go to a rougher track in, in a gravel race and i can just get so much time and i know i'm not as strong as them but mm. i can just pedal your point um, about being stiff on the bike, I think, is really interesting because I am a roadie before I'm a mountain biker. And I know from experience, if you are tense and stressed at how kind of technical what you're riding is, you lose so much energy mm. um, and so much and confidence. Speed. And that's when mistakes happen when you're, yeah. you need to be relaxed. I mean, I noticed with um, riding through, I say riding through, <laughs> moving through um Fisherfield <laughs> with uh Andrew Hutchinson in 2021 we yes. were kind of like two and three but he kept pulling away from me on on the some of the the more technical kind of you know there's a lot of on and off your bike bits on the way into before you cross the lock mm, um mm. like kind of little step ups and power things and I think he rides that terrain all the time and I just I can do it but coming from Cambridgeshire I'm not as efficient at it and he was just yeah. taking so much time out of me on those sections. Even the hiker bike, I'm not the strongest on hiker bike. And he disappeared up, off up the um, the big sort of climb up and over. And, you know, I can't keep up on that terrain. And it's just practice, isn't it? And, you know, when you've got years and years of practice versus, versus someone who's new to it, you're just more mm. efficient. Perfect. And then probably we already mentioned so many of those, but... Let's go to the start list. And this year is kind of well packed. What do you think, Becky? Very. <clears throat> I think this is inarguably the most competitive Highland Trail ever. And that's in both the men's and the women's. We have the highest um, participation rate of female to male than we've ever had. So there are, there are 62 riders on the start list at the moment. There are still a few days for... For things to go wrong um and 27 of those are female so it's not quite the 50 percent um or 50 50 male female that alan was looking for but it's still excellent and for an off-road bike packing race that kind of female participation rate is unheard of hmm. there's been some really good work actually um by various kind of like groups and alan himself you know encouraging you know the 50 50 mm. split um and his lakeland 200 um who who did the women's um sort of grand apart on the lakeland 200 last year 
I... Someone organised it. I can't remember who, but basically there, there was a women's... Easy? Oh, it's Easy Collective. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so they basically... I mean, the, the Lakeland 200 is, a, is another one of Alan's routes that he put together. It's kind of... Um, I mean, if you're thinking of doing the Highland Trail 550 and you've never done it before, I'd start with the Lakeland 200 because you'll get a taste of what what's going to happen, but in a bit mm. more of a... It's plenty wild enough up there, but it's a bit easier to get out of the... Um, out of trouble if you know if, if you maybe realize you're in too deep but it's similar slow sloggy terrain some good hiker bikes in there um but yeah steezy collective um they did like a, a women's group start i think it was last year but the, the aim was to encourage women to well basically break down those barriers and, and just um get 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 them riding and get them sort of i guess experienced um and, and alan's been really um proactive and you know about sort of making sure women are in the highland trail 550 mm. um yeah, yeah and it's, annie, it's probably... annie made that film last year um, regardless of what you think about um any kind of media presence at races annie followed the race and uh, picked out a few <laughs> of the women so she released a film i think in the past month and it's called the pink dots um, and that gives a little insight into some of the women from last year's race and i think it just touches on that conversation about visibility um, mm-hmm. which is, is really powerful yeah absolutely. but back to the start list um well, let's start with I the am, so we're on topic yeah absolutely yes. i am adamant that yeah, i am adamant that alan puts the riders down in the list that he thinks they'll finish in so if you look at the men's, he's put Kurt at the beginning. <laughs> so I'm not and, off. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said to Philippa that Alan does this and she doesn't think it's true, but I think it is. Um, so there, there are a couple of um, women on here whose names will be familiar to a lot of people who followed off-road races in the UK before. And we mentioned Philippa Batty and Alice Lemkis, both the GB Juro veterans. Um, there's a Molly Weaver on the start list as well, who is possibly more of an unknown quantity. I She's would say. definitely um, definitely strong enough and fit enough. Um, I mm. think the, the question, well, she's 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 got some FKTs on the mountain bike, um, mm. but I don't think until you've got to the be like corn you really know what you're you're coming in for so i think i think any for any first timer on the highland trail generally speaking there probably are a few exceptions getting round mm. is has got got to be the number one goal sure um, and molly i pick out molly weaver's name because she's a former professional road rider um, mm-hmm. so she, i would say she is inarguably the fastest woman on the start list um, i would expect to see her right up there on the first half distance wise um yes then i guess the the question is you know well what's what's her appetite for hiker bike going to be like because you know yeah. people like alice and phil absolutely yes. love it and <laughs> um, um, so yeah be interesting to see and once the rough stuff really starts i think we might see a rider like isla roundtree make a yeah has she won it distance? before i think she has finished first female before and she yeah. did it on a single speed Oh, and she's won like three peak cyclocross loads of times as well. Right, um, her and Annie Lee would probably be two of the most um, kind of experienced off-road bikepackers on the list. Um, we do have to give what I'd like to 
mention Katie Strempka's name. Um, she's a US single speed rider. Um, and she's a veteran of a few of the trail races in America and the Tour Divide as well. Mm-hmm. So I, it'll be interesting to see how similar to Kurt, actually, how an experienced off-road American racer will fare in the Highlands because the Highlands are very much their own beast. Mm-hmm. And if your experience is the desert of Arizona or Colorado, this this will wear you down in a different way, I think. Yeah, although the weather is looking fairly decent, um, which can be a factor. So, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a different Highland Trail when there's just forecast a few showers here and there as opposed to torrential rain the whole time. Um, so that's certainly going to favour you know, those kind of riders. But I, to be fair, I think both Katie and Kurt, I mean, they're both super experienced. Mm. Kurt, Kurt's won the Tour Divide, for God's sake. So it's, oh, uh, <laughs> it's, um, there we go. There's also two names on here I wanted to pick out, uh, <laughs> Taylor Doyle and Tamsin Dewar. They will be doing it plastic-free, uh, single-use plastic-free. So um, I believe they'll be dehydrating a lot of their food and then rehydrating it on the go akin to your gb juro 2020 effort josh um they'll start with a lot more equipment or a lot more supplies than other people um and then they'll be avoiding buying any anything with any single-use plastic so the little bars of snickers and m&ms and jaffa cakes that we rely mm-hmm. on josh they'll not be allowing themselves I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to see. Um, I mean, just to highlight what you end up using. Because, right. um, I mean, I can't think of anything I'd buy on the Highland Trail, apart from maybe some apples or something like mm-hmm. that at one of the supermarkets. But they probably come in a bag anyway that that isn't wrapped in some kind of plastic. Exactly. And Taylor and Tamsin will also be taking time to sit down and have uh, have meals in the very few restaurants and cafes that there are. Um, so it's, there's a really, really good piece of the Radivist about the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Plastic Resistance Ultra Distance, I think is the name of the of Taylor's initiative. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how, the, how much plastic um, you can easily and mindlessly produce when you're racing. Um, and actually how inexcusable it is given it's interesting that... just on that point so tour divide last year i think it was tour divide last year no it wasn't it was just the rhino run um so i was what third or fourth for that, that first kind of i did four days i think of it um but every single gas station you got to like the bin outside was just full of water bottles because we had to take so much water of course i get there yeah. and you know, they'd just be overflowing with, with like two litre bottles. Um, and you kind of don't realise yourself when you do it individually, but then when you get there and you're, like, you're not the first one in that gas station and it's just fill up, you're like, Jesus, I mean, like, I'm one of the first through from the rest of the field. So what's it going to be like in a few days? Mm. And then Tamsin and Taylor will also be carrying their rubbish home. Um, so you have that, um, I think they call it like a guilt pile. Um of things either that they accidentally, um, the single-use plastic that they accidentally bought or were given, and then anything that uh, can be recycled, like cans of Coke, um, that they couldn't find, they couldn't recycle en route. 
So they're they're really setting super interesting a, a topic. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely super nice. It's a super great initiative and really, I don't know, lights on a good spot on what. I mean, of course, all the writing that we are all doing and whatever, actually, how it can be done better and whatever we are producing, even just not racing, but riding, but also racing in this way. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's incredible. Super nice initiative. Mm. And I think that's all. Well, there are 27 women on the start list. We can't talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, a few names. I know Jamie Wilson did some GB Giro, so she'll be she relatively is a familiar. beast. Jamie Wilson is probably yeah. one of the fastest women there, but she only swung a leg over a mountain bike in the past couple of months. So I think, like you say, well, she actually knew she lives in the Lake District, so I think she'll have a bit of yeah. a kind of big mountain experience. She was but impressive also- on GB Juro the, the other year, so she won't be totally out of her depth. Um, but, I mean, like we were saying earlier, until you get to be like Horn, you don't know what Horn Tread is, really. Mm. Um, it just, but J- yeah. It's Jamie just a learning curve. Jamie is one of the women who openly races against the men. So when mm. track leader starts, you'll see the blue dots and the pink dots. And I don't think Jamie sees those colors. Jamie just sees her next target. Um, okay. Just a race. Mm, mm. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Jamie race, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing what the mix in the top 10 is. Yeah. It won't be all because... men. 100% won't be all men. No, no. And the women... I think what's really interesting about the women is it feels a little bit of an experiment because in the men's race, there are multiple men who've won off-road bikepacking races before, but none of these women really have. So the women's field is completely wide open, but it's still stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, the um, Lee's record for women? Is it 320? Three days, 20 hours or 19? Three days... 20 hours and 53 minutes and okay. I think we've we've done it we've pulled the women's category away from the overall um but Lee when Lee did it in 2018 she came second overall and to wow. put that into perspective her time over the past what 19 21 22 over the past three editions only nine riders have ever gone faster than Lee crazy well, I was going to say the, the record is Neil uh, Blachenko, and he's, what, three days, 10, well, basically three days, 11 hours, isn't it? Just mm. under. And mm. Lee and Glenn, I don't know if Lee was on a course close to, to Liam's, the, the 2021 one, or when Neil did it, because it was slightly longer, or is slightly longer now. Mm. Mm. But, I mean, there's not much in it, is there? Absolutely. Um, no. Lee, yeah. Lee's, Lee Craigie's time is... Um, categorically fast uh, in an overall sense yeah and she's just and I, like so good at the mountain biking and just just being outside and hiker bikes and stuff right she's scottish she lives and breathes yeah. these mountains right um exactly and that, that's what makes a difference it's, it's not just a cycling race is it mm-hmm. it's it's far from it it's almost a mountaineering race at times and Absolutely. everything that entails um and we could talk about the records now, but I think if maybe if we highlight a few of the men's names and then 
Where should we start? I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. Everyone. I would say that probably, yes. Let's move with uh, whatever we have in mind. I think that actually we can also talk about the records. But yeah, let's move with the men. And then I'm going to actually pick up that the records in a minute, even if it was super important to put things in perspective. And uh, I mean, highlighting the fact that, of course, uh, we have a super close split and everything, but it's not only in terms of participant to the event, but also to potential winners of the event. And that's amazing. Mm. Well, should we just go down the list and tell everyone what they've won? <laughs> yeah, also because they're all good. <laughs> they're all good. We can read. Because, I mean, Kurt Revsnyder, Tour Divide, he's set some FKTs. I don't know what other uh, other events he's won, but he's won a load in the States. But, I mean, Tour Divide is the one, isn't it? <laughs> Angus, well, Angus has done the Highland Trail loads of times, GB Drew loads of times, uh, won various events, did the European Divide Trail last year. Yeah. We just have Sofian. to hope that Angus doesn't go out too fast again and bury himself into a hole. Yeah, he's going to. It's Angus. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to send the messages saying we are not that we are going to do it. So keep on doing it. Angus knows he's going to do it. He says, "Oh well, I know I shouldn't. But I know I'm going to." Okay, <laughs> love it. <sighs> so there we go. So then we got third on the list, Sophie and Sahili. I mean, last year he won Tour Divide and Silk Road, two times winner of Silk Road, yeah. plus mm. everything else. James, two times TCR winner. Uh, Manu Catrice. With James Sorry. Hayden, how many how many times has he lined up at the Hayden Trail? He's two or three. No, yeah. two. I, he did it in his first off-road sort of forays was 20, I want to say 2019. I think 19. I think it's 19, 19. yeah. I think he got his eyes open quite quickly about what it's off-road racing is about. Mm. Um, There's a great video, isn't there, that he posted on his Instagram. Um, and he, very tongue-in-cheek, talks about how it's he, he is a road racer and it's his first foray into off-road racing. And he follows a rider through a uh, something of a stream and just goes straight over the handlebars. <laughs> And completely, completely goes like head over, yeah. head over handlebars. That's that's a tough lesson to learn, isn't it? Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> but, like remember. Say, he's a much, he's yeah. a much better biker. We've all done mm. it. Yeah, and he and he lives in the Pyrenees now. He's he's doing the stuff every day. Um, he'll be strong, and he knows the route fairly well, and he's mm-hmm. quite stubborn and determined. Um, and he's not. Going. He's going to keep. He's going to keep coming back till he wins it. So, you know, he might just end up doing the Highland Trail forever. <laughs> um, or he might just win it. I mean, he was when I last did it, twenty twenty one. He was third. Yeah, I think. and he'd had an issue. I think he said he'd let his, some of his kit get wet. So um, there is a lesson that he could have learnt. Um, oh yeah, and, and he's probably a better bike rider now because he, like I said, he had like ten plugs in his tire. I passed him on Ben Alder and he'd snapped his valve off, um, <laughs> which was just. So I mean. Little mistakes can have big consequences. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you can't rule James out. Um, Manu Catrus in fifth. He was second at Tour Divide last year. Um, Josh, he hasn't come fifth yet. He's just rider number five. <laughs> number five, sorry. <laughs> fifth on the list. I love well, it. I hope this isn't because I'm like ninth on the list. <laughs> um, it's not bad. It's not bad. But to be fair, it's still quite a good result. Um, uh andrew hutchinson he was second in 2021 um well well we should talk about rich and james so he rode the highland trail last month yeah with his son james who's 11 years old that was his school easter holiday treat um so rich knows it very well 
um, and knowledge, you know, is is key. And I think he's come third before. Uh, Christoph Dijkman's from Belgium. I don't really know him that well, um, but I gather he's fairly good. Some bloke called Josh. Ibit, he sounds rubbish. Yeah. yeah. He's, never, he's never officially finished, finished the, the, the race. So he's in <laughs> I hope that this time he can at That's least record. I hope that this time he can at least record some voice messages for uh, for his crowd. That's the most important thing. I hope that we can learn fast how to use a phone. Then everything else is going to be okay oh, well, with me. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> and then go down there. I mean, there's just endless names. Uh, and Andrew Stremke from the States. Again, I don't know too much about him, but you know, I imagine he's fairly experienced. Alan's on there. He must have done it how many times? Nearly 10 times? Oh, Jesus. I think more. Oh, wow. Um, but he has he has scratched a time or two, I believe. So he's not he's not infallible. Um, no, he, uh, is, he knows he knows what's coming up, doesn't he? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, and then it, then even going down the list further, there's like people like Carl Hops again, another sort of GB Juro vet. Um, yeah. Who else have we got on there? There's a lot um, of Brits on this list, isn't there? Yeah, well, Dan, Danny Lane was was fifth in Tour Divide last year. Um, I don't know how he experiences mountain biking. That, that was Danny Green. Oh, is that Danny Green? Yeah. Oh. I don't but know what he's he... I recognise the name though. Yeah, I think he's uh he works at Restrap. Ah, uh, okay. Oh yeah, of course. That's why I know the name. I'm getting the two confused. Anyway, getting in that top ten is a is a hell of a ride in either the men's or the women's field. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. and I mean if you can get the top ten out of everyone, then you're doing really well. Mm. I think it's a, a lot of guys will be saying, "Oh, yeah, I got top ten at Iron Trail," and afterwards you'll be like, "Oh, was that overall or just in the men's race?" <laughs> yeah. um, it'll be interesting. I think it's it is such a competitive field that and experienced and experienced that you almost have to hope for your competitors to make a mistake because. Mm simply riding away from anyone is going to be so difficult but, but that's the highland trail you know mm. you don't you don't ride away from anyone you well you walk away from you walk away from them <laughs> Makes but, sense. you know you made a mistake you know you, you, it, it is kind of like an event that encourages you to make mistakes i mean i've made endless mistakes mm. um, i mean last time i didn't get an official finish because my dynamo which i was relying on for charging my gps stopped working in like the first day so I can, I can, you know, give an official track and prove that I've done mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it's little things like that, like hitting rocks and breaking valves off or Angus crashing on the first day on the flat road and then injuring <laughs> himself. It's just things like that are just or me turning up with a bike that wasn't probably as service as it should have been in 2015. You, know? <laughs> it, you can't, the Highland Trail takes no prisoners, mechanical or physical. You know, it's, it's as as attritional on the bike as it is on the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interesting thing, actually, statistics there. It seems like nobody of the previous winners are gonna be in the field uh, for mm. actually for this year. Why does it happen? I think that as soon as you win it, you say I don't want to do this thing anymore. Does it work <laughs> so like this? Honor, I think I think that is exactly mm. it. Liam Glenn is the only person who's ever won it and returned back. Okay. Um, I think people just say, <laughs> yeah, I think people just say, I've ticked that box. I'm done. Okay. 
Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I can see way more people going to Tour Divide over, over and over, Silk Road, Monterrey, TCR, whatever. Highland Trail, no, thank you. Sorry? They're easier. That's why. Yeah. Highland Trail just does damage to you. Okay. Okay. You mm. keep on dreaming about that or maybe having nightmares about that probably for a few years well, after you, it. You don't finish Tour Divide with like swollen ankles and bruised shins. <laughs> like Oof. sore shoulders from carrying your bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's talk quickly about records then. I mean, we already uh, yeah. mentioned Lee and actually her record that is quite, <laughs> I mean, high in the classification for uh, the both categories. But then we have also Neil. Also, his record is quite probably an incredible. And uh, yeah, and we have also this amazing category that is single speed. Can you tell me more about that? I am going to ask you these questions in a second later. Let's talk about first the records, and then I'm going to ask you what's going on there with single speed and uh, HT550. I knew you'd love the single speed bits. I, I, I mean, usually the I mean the single speed part is usually the most fun part in all Absolutely. over the sports. I mean, cyclocross, single speed cyclocross is where usually people party the most i was talking about drinking no let's talking about partying and then same thing i mean you usually cheer the most of the people the more you can people that are taking part to bikepacking events single speed but highland trail 550 what what you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so i think before we talk about the records it's we kind of need to caveat that any time on the highland trail is at the mercy of the conditions that's both the weather during the event and the, the weather leading up to the event. Mm -hmm. uh, also that the route has slightly evolved over the years. So we do compare records, but no year is, is the same really. In relation to the conditions, I've heard that not only does the weather look good for the duration of the event, it's been stellar for the past month. So it is dry. Say it. <laughs> so I look forward to the heavens opening on you in Fisherfield and seeing a drowned yeah. rat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think I've had it as bad as you can get in Fisherfield. I mean, last time it was so bad that the locks normally run, run, go a certain way. There's a basically there's two locks up there, and there's um, a big kind of, so it's, it's kind of a, a river between the two almost, a short river, and you normally have to wade through it. But there was so much rain the last time I did it that the lock that's normally lower than the other one filled up so quick that the river was going backwards crazy <laughs> like <laughs> no way and there was so much water coming down to the um off the descent through fisherfield you, you come down this amazing mountain bike descent and there's a causeway across some more locks and i remember at one point there was such a massive waterfall like coming off the rocks and smashing onto the track and i was there with andrew hutchinson and it was just like you know when you, you know that you're doing something really sketchy and really dangerous yeah and you definitely but there's not no you've done it <laughs> No, but Fisherfield is a like, point of no return. There's nowhere else yeah. you can go. And you're it on these sketchy rocks, hanging over a cliff with your bike, standing on the edge of this kind of <laughs> oh water, my. smashing down, basically on you. <laughs> I mean, it's exhilarating. Uh, it's one of the experiences of my life, oh, seriously. gosh. I um, can't wait to that, see a photo out of it. Thing. Is there any photo out yeah. of it? At least of the, of the hike in this way, without the, the rocks smashing around. It would be enough for me. <laughs> The problem is, um, it's the kind of descent you don't want to stop and take photos on because it's just an amazing mountain bike descent. Oh, that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah. It's not because mm. it's risky, it's just because it's fun. Well, <laughs> they're both. Life <laughs> at least. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
But the so back to the records, the current rule and men's record is held by Neil Barchenko from 2017, which does make it quite an old record. It was I, actually perfect conditions from what I gather. That's it. I think, well, I've heard that Neil might have thought it was a bit wet, but all the Brits thought it was dry. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean we're, we're talking Highland Trail perfect. So, I mean, we're talking about these perfect conditions for this weekend. There is mm-hmm. some rain forecast at certain points, but well, it's not I would, I driving all day. I we're would hope for like, nothing less, Josh. I don't want you to get dry. We're talking 15 <laughs> degrees and raining. I mean, we're talking, should I put my raincoat on or should I not? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've taken the forecast. I even considered taking out my heavy-duty raincoat with a big hood on, and then I thought, no, that'd just be stupid. So then you'd be then you'd be chancing it. I would be chancing it. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil's record from 2017, um, I think he really kind of set a new standard for racing mm. on the Highland Trail. Um, I've heard that before him, a lot of people were sitting down for for meals, but he just yeah, I was 2015, and effectively let, threw down the gauntlet. Um, but it's changed the sports evolving and you know it's the standard now isn't it yeah totally but it's it is interesting that it's not been bettered in i say six years but i think it's five editions um Mm. and that that is largely i think to do with the conditions and the changing of the route i mean if you get that record now um i mean to be honest i think liam's record was comparable to liam's time from 2021 was very comparable to to neil's with the additional section that was on that particular route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you, when you factor in how incredibly wet it was, it was just so wet that uh, he was quicker. I mean, you know, if we were going to, if, if Neil was going to do the same, like was lined up on the same day or vice versa, I, I, I generally think Liam probably would have got around quicker. Um, well, pro- probably on the 2021 edition, I think probably when it's drier, it probably um, favours geared bikes a bit more. But when it's just a slow slog on single speed, there's not so much of a penalty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, so basically, it, it, it's this year really interesting because the the conditions are prime for a record a record-breaking ride. This would have been but my question, it, exactly. But the route is slightly longer mm. um, or slightly slower, at least. Um, so Alan has said that there's an additional um, additional section in Loch Mastak is at least an hour slower. And then there's a, a slight change around great, yes, around the Great Glen is hillier and slower. So it'll be interesting to see whether they balance each other out. Um, the good conditions and the slower route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I think if you're looking, if you're getting three and a half days, then that's a rapid time, generally speaking. Uh, anything below that is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to see a record-breaking ride. I want to see right. it, Josh. So that's just fine. don't. You're not coming back until you've got under three days, ten hours. Exactly. It's like I'll be living in Scotland forever then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'll be me if there is a record ride. Let's put it out there. But what what I think is the question we should be asking is yeah. how many riders will break the record this year, not whether the record will be broken. Um, There'll be a lot I, in the four days, a hell of a lot in the four days. I think the sheer level of competition will push will push the times down a lot. Yeah, I'd because that's the top thing. ten within four days. I mean, last year, I mean, twenty twenty one. I mean, I had my issues and ended up stopping to charge stuff a bit and had some longer sleeps and I got in a 
four days, 15 minutes. Mm. I was really peed off actually because I decided to stop and eat my last sandwich coming off, um, uh, what's it called? Devil's Staircase. Mm. Um, and that's probably about 15 minutes stop. No way. <laughs> I would have loved to go under four days, but it didn't count anyway, anyway so it makes no difference. It's okay. No, but that's the thing. I mean, probably it's going to be for sure the condition, but mostly because with this lineup, people are going to really push each other in order to get the best out of themselves in order to win it. Because, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge achievement. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of races, but Highland Trail 550, it's kind of something that you want to have into your so price so, room. So established now as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, when, when was the first edition? Was it 2013 or something like that or earlier? I think a few years um, earlier. But it, it was right, so yeah. low-key initially. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I did it, it was still, like, super, super low-key. There was, like, 20, 25 people in 2015. Was that back when um, you were just strapping dry bags onto your bike? There was no such thing as bike packs. I did have old? some packs. <laughs> no, I, 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 I missed that section. <laughs> but I'm, I think that's what it was yet. like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think that's that's how far back we're talking when Alan first established the route. Is, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was dry back. It's one of the original. I, I think it's pretty much fair to say it's probably probably the, if not one of the original routes in um, in Europe, original races. Mm -hmm. I think it's same vintage as original TCRs, maybe even earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was designed by Alan as a preparation race for the Colorado, I believe. Yes. So it, it was born out of America's off-road racing scene, really. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah, yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but Stefano, we can talk about the single speeds. Can we talk about single speeds? Why this is, is this happening? Yes. Tell me more about that. I mean, I got already an answer at the beginning of this call without the recording on, but mm. probably we want to know it now. I so. If for perspective, we've mentioned about Liam Glenn, who won in 2021, and he set a new single speed record in three days and 11 hours. Mm. And that is less than an hour off of Neil's time. Yeah. Which he I think flying. really he was. Um, and he, it's slightly different with Liam because he's such a good runner um, and he's so comfortable on his feet anyway. And such a good mountain biker. And such an excellent mountain biker. Not only was his bike single speed, it was a rigid. I saw it was races a rigid. In Belgium. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the perfect combination. Liam is an absolute animal. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, and such. So, I think that's his win on a single speed is probably testament to just how much time you spend off the bike. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked past me when he overtook me. <laughs> Were you on the bike? <laughs> no. I'm just really crappy at walking. No, yeah, um, it's me. I think that's the, the first, sorry, just going back, the first records of 2013. Um, okay. Maybe there was a bit more of an unofficial one before then. Mm. Um, Could be. So yeah, 2013. One by Aidan Harding, followed by Ian Barrington who were kind of some of the original Aidan Harden's got second at Tour Divide in one of the early editions Ian Barrington's done a lot of the um the Welsh um stuff uh, those kind of events they have out there um I can't remember what they call them um and the winning time was three days two hours um but that was when it was the Highland Trail probably 400 mm. yeah mm -hmm. or yeah. 450 400 I think that was when it was just the, the southern two loops 
Um, I think 2014 was the first time they put the additional loop in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's four days for the win. But so, yeah, interesting but, uh, then. Single speed, it means that basically as soon as you jump on the bike, you don't really need gears. The only gear that you need is basically your feet. Yeah, yeah. You've got walking speed or riding speed when you're in a single speed. Um, but I think we've got... Because we have the bikes of the Highland Trailer and Dot Watcher, I think we have some of the most single speeds we've ever seen. Um, I believe there'll be six bikes, um, including last uh, 2021's female winner, Annie Lee mm -hmm. uh, and Katie Stremka. So I think there'll be an exciting battle for the record there. Um, but the current women's single speed record was set by Gemma Baird and unusually was set outside of the Grand Depart. It was on an ITT, which is quite unusual. Normally you need the, I guess, the thrust of a pack behind you. Yeah. Um, but admirably, Gemma Bear did it all on her own. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. So, well, talking about then bikes, uh, I would let me start with this question, even if people, if you want to listen more about that, there is a podcast dedicated to that. Are you What, what bike are you going with? Uh to the HT550, Josh. So what bicycle are you going to uh, use? A fully or hardtail, I don't know, rigid or gravel bike, whatever? So I'm using the Mason Raw, which is like a like a hardtail mountain bike, mm -hmm. 29 inches, wheels, 120 mil travel. Um, I used it in 2021, so it's the same bike. It's had a respray since then. And I've kind of um, learned a few lessons about what works and what doesn't. Um, so my setup's a bit more refined this time. But my, the original time I did it was 2015, which um, which kind of highlights the pitfalls of a, of a full suspension bike. I think they're probably faster um, mm -hmm. over the rough terrain. But I had to pull out because the pivots basically collapsed um, and the bearings wore um, because it was just horrendous. Uh, and the grit in, in, in that part of Scotland is like granity grit, really abrasive. So there's more to go wrong on a full suspension. Okay. Um, I dare say that, that the full suspensions now are probably um, getting more reliable in terms of everything. But you, the one thing you do lose is a bit of space uh, in the frame to carry your stuff. Makes sense. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts, really. I mean, to be honest, if I had, I mean, I, I am sponsored by Mason, so I kind of have to ride a Mason. Um, and I do like riding Masons and they're amazing bikes. If I had carp launch for Highland Trail, I'd probably go for one of these ridiculous new cross-country bikes, which have the shock hidden and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you could run a triangle bag. Um, mm. It looks like from... Yeah, the, swings and roundabouts. From the bikes of submissions that we have, yep. people some, seem to choose somewhere between a hardtail with 120 mil travel to a kind of short to medium travel full-size mountain bike. Um, yeah. And of course, you're limited by what you own. But I think people typically equip themselves. If you're smart, you equip yourself to your weaknesses. So if you're a bad bike handler, you go with a bigger bike. If you're a fast walker and a good bike handler, you go with a smaller bike that's lighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you take a steel hardtail, which is heavy and uh, not got suspension. <laughs> <laughs> for example, for example. But yeah, but I, I think it's like like anything. Uh, if you're a good bike rider, no matter what you're riding, um, 
And I think hardtails are strong and reliable. Um, yeah, you might be faster on some of the descents, but with modern tires and tubeless and super wide rims and the rim inserts, um, you can you can kind of get away with a fair bit now. Um, and then when you get onto the flat stuff, you're not really losing anything. It's also um, a matter of yes, it's also a matter of modern mountain bikes, right? Now I can tell you that probably a 2023 hardtail mountain bikes are way more capable than your 2015 uh, full suspended mountain bike. That's what I believe. At the end, it's also a matter of geometry and everything like that. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and so, so the geometry is way different. So the geometry on my on my Mason that I'm riding now, basically, it's super long and quite slack, really stable under loads. Absolutely. And the I was I was running a Santa Cruz. Uh, Toolboy, one of the very original two liners, and riding that, you know, it's like riding, it feels like riding a road bike um, in comparison. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're you're right. I mean, geometry has changed and things have progressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also on the other the, side, the good benefit of having the long, long wheelbase is that when you're super tired near the end and you've got all the gullies to jump over, you don't have to, you can just sort of wallop over them. And mm. by the time you lift it, like you lift the front wheel, and by the time you put it on the floor again and decided to lift the rear wheel, you're, you've not actually hit the, the gullies, which is quite quite good. <laughs> no, but yeah. yeah, it seems like it's super diverse, anyways, what people are going to bring them there for as a bike and everything. But for sure, another thing that it was a super great point, the one that you were, stake, uh, you were actually talking about, um, Josh, and it was about the fact that you need a lot of space, you need some more space than a full suspended mountain bike because of the things that you have to carry. How many things people are usually carrying to the HT550? Maybe this year is a bit different, right? Because, I mean, it seems like the weather is going to be drier. I, know, I will never say dry because I come from the south of Italy, but drier than usual in Scotland. Uh, but still, I mean, you still need to carry a lot of things in terms of food, in terms of gears, in terms of, uh, I don't know, extra layers. I think you've hit it nail on the head. It depends on conditions. So I've changed my kit a bit this week, having seen the long-term forecast. Um, so I've taken a warmer sleeping bag out, maybe not taking a full down jacket, maybe just a like insulated vest, not taking full rain trousers. Um, yeah, just, just paring it down a little bit. Um, hoping that the weather doesn't change between now and then. But having said that, I will be taking all my rain gear up to the time drum, and then if the forecast changes beforehand, I will be putting it in. Um, <clears throat> the only, only way I could save space at the moment is maybe not take a full-on hooded rain jacket and take more of a rain cape um, that's a bit lighter. But I don't know, it's, it's Scotland, it can change, so... You, you, uh, you've got to roll the dice sometimes and that's one thing I'm not willing to to kind of um, risk I don't think no not compromising that. food though I know people that you love the snacks topic how much snacks or how much food you need to carry in uh, a race like this in this race in the Highland Trail depends you if you yeah but there are long stretches between resupplies um, especially in as well yeah, like you say, if you go too fast, you almost shoot yourself in the foot. Um, you get penalised for going fast. If you run at record pace, then you miss a load of resupplies. Mm. Mm. Um, One of the final kind of resupplies before heading into the depths of the northern loop is Contin. Um, and that's, given its opening hours, I think a lot of, the most of the riders hit it. Um, and it sells the best macaroni pies you've ever had. Um, I've and never... There is, 
You're too fast. Even on GV GV Duro, I ended up going, well, I couldn't stop on GV Duro anyway, but even then it was like midnight. Um, And I think a lot of places on route get known for certain um certain things i think it's the macaroni pies uh, lock the pies apparently content lock in the pies are also again renowned. never made never made it in time i mean if i was slightly quicker <laughs> i might get one but I'm, <laughs> I'm too slow for the lock in the pies but too quick for the content pies so it's it's interesting then because you must then have to carry more food than some of the people hmm. half a day I'm, behind you i'm starting with quite a lot this year mm. Last year, mm. I rode all the way to Dunbreg before I got resupply. And wow. then I didn't resupply until you saw us at Pudui. Yeah. And then I didn't resupply again until Dorney. And then Fort Augustus, and that was it. That's not a lot. Yeah. I got That's very skinny. <laughs> so, I'm, <laughs> so I'm taking a lot more like high-calorie, kind of like racy, foodie stuff this time, mm. just to avoid that situation because i think my bike will be heavier for the first day or so but that's the easier terrain um mm-hmm. but i don't want to be in the situation where i have to go through fish build on two packs of jaffa cakes again because no yeah it's not sustainable yeah because yeah. then it slows you down the other side when you get to pula because you want to you're right i raided the shop and then i went for fish and chips at the pub and that's like hour and a half gone just like that mm. absolutely mm. yeah uh, and yeah. if i'd have carried on i probably would have got to get the petrol station in um the next town, I can't remember the name, before Torridon. Yeah. So, but I was too tired to... I'm mm. pissed off at the rain. Yes, and also it's... hungry. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm taking, personally, that... I'm taking more. That's really interesting to hear about the faster riders um, having more trouble resupplying, mm-hmm. really. Um, and if if you're a fast rider who's unprepared, you could really find yourself in a spot of bother. Um, that's why I, I was saying about all these fast guys people like Kurt for example I mean mm. he'll, he'll know the lowdown because he's good friends with Hugh Oliver who obviously won it last year but people like Sofian well I've, I've told him some stuff but until you're there you don't really know did you tell him the right stuff content content's 24 hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sofian I mean he, he, he carries loads of food anyway um, okay so, even yeah, if yeah. so, I think uh, be interesting. Even if I remember, be interesting that... to see us. How... No, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say it'd be interesting to see how Sofian goes because he obviously he's, he got, he was supposed to start Hellenic, but got attacked by a dog and ended up with ten stitches, and he's not really ridden since and yeah. has a, yeah. had a bit of an injury. So it'd be interesting to see how how he's healed up. Um, but was he supposed also... anyways to to take parts to Highland Trail five fifty? Yeah. yeah, so he I was planning it... to do the both. I think Sofian appreciates that he probably isn't necessarily going to be able to challenge for the win because mm. he's not that experienced at mountain biking. Mm. But I think he's just drawn by, you know, how legendary the Highland Trail is and he just wants to complete one. Um, and, and he's, I'm, I'm won. Sure he's yeah. won most of the other off-road bikepacking races, so he's got yeah. to start looking elsewhere. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. And I, I've got no doubt that this is just a, a scouting mission. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll come and try and do it. <laughs> Put it, put it this way, he's just moved down to the south of France and he was saying, oh yeah, there's some really good mountain biking around here. So, uh-huh. you know, ah. he's good at hiking, hiker biking. Oh, it's really fast. After, like, mm. The six hour Kyrgyzstan hikes and stuff. <laughs> he can ride off road. He's not, he's not the best technical rider, but you can, you can get better. Sometimes just knowing what you're not good at is 
as valuable as oh yeah being good at it sophia knows what the score is yeah mm. the only so thing is that, keep going the only thing is that i think that he's gonna be bad at is coping with the lack of signal with the phone so he cannot actually sing uh making stories by singing this i'm gonna miss him doing that i was actually looking forward to check that in the atlantic mountain race but yeah i couldn't take part to now i think i'm gonna miss it again i need to say to tell him actually that he needs to sing a couple of times a little at least for me <laughs> i'm sure he will and imagine if he's just been through Fisherfield and then he gets signal. What, what's going to come out? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool people. Then anything else to add? I don't know. Did we miss? Have we missed something? Or on the other side, how things are going to go on there from now on? Tell us a bit more when things start and blah, blah, blah. So we're talking on, um, well, we Wednesday. So the race starts Saturday morning. So... Mm-hmm two two days time i've lost track of how time works having just had a baby to be honest <laughs> yeah um, no. 8 30 saturday um yeah. is the start time which um, means then that the leader should be in that's three and a half days later so yeah tuesday morning tuesday evening evening mm. tuesday evening they, normally um, if you finish in daylight you're doing pretty well okay okay that's that's a really good month metric that's a good marker and there is a lot of daylight in scotland at this oh, time yeah. of year 10 o'clock half 10 isn't it oh well okay yeah Even, early evening yeah you're probably right five six o'clock something like that if i can get if i can get in on tuesday or midnight tuesday i'd be very happy yeah um i think last time i got in about i know you were there weren't you what time was it seven or eight in the morning yeah maybe it was nine. maybe closer to 10 because everything was shut wasn't it I I can't remember. I remember, sure we like, oh. I remember thinking, oh, I really fancy beer. Should we go to the pub? And we got to the pub and realised it's like 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dot Watcher side of the world, what is going to happen there? It's already something live. Becky. Yes. Uh, so I'm working on the preview at the moment. Um, and I'm hoping to put that out tomorrow. Um, I'll be writing the commentary. And I am really excited I... We all are. <laughs> <laughs> um, for so many reasons that we we've talked about, um, yeah. I I am really hoping for a record-breaking ride. I've probably mentioned it enough times, um, but I really, I just, I really want to see that record fall, and I want to see multiple riders go faster than Neil's time. I think it's the year for it, isn't it? Definitely. Everything's definitely. lining up. Well, that's the angle I've gone with. So I'll be mightily embarrassed if no one does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be doing commentary on Dot Watcher. Um, and there'll be a Bikes of the Highland Trail coming out uh, later this week. And there are some really nice bikes on there. Um, I just sent you mine, by the way. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the parts um, that's one of the parts that I enjoy the most. I have to be completely sincere. Probably my nerd part, a bit more wireistic part, more than racing part. Mm. That's the part mm. that I really... I like to see... Of course, I like to watch nice bikes. But on the other side, I like to see what decision... Different people, what different decisions are taking. I love it. Definitely. Um, and there are many, many ways you can go on the Highland Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen a gravel bike yet, which is interesting. There's normally a token token gravel bike so maybe they've learned their lessons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the word's out now 
<laughs> yeah, that's what we said at the end of the day. It seems like there are not so many newbies this year. So, and because social network is there and people are talking about that. And anyways, the race became quite notorious, notorious now. Probably, I believe that people learned hardly the lesson that gravel bike, let's use it for something else. Leave the gravel bike at home. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. I have actually a nice t-shirt that says, um, keep aluminum for beer cans, right steel. There we can sort of say the same thing, but actually this is going to say, uh, leave your gravel bike for TCR, bring your mountain bike. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's a great t-shirt, Stefano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. I'm, uh, I'm happy. I like actually to drop ideas. If anybody there wants to do this t-shirt, uh, send me a message. I'm gonna give you my address because I want the first one. Let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> cool people. Ah, oh, yeah. On my side, on the Broomwagon side of the world, actually, we are gonna do. Let's see, but we are planning to do a little uh, kind of uh, mini-series with the shorts, with uh, Josh telling us a bit how he's actually working around and uh, getting together with, uh, with the race, some talks with people. I'm pretty sure that Becky is going to be there as well, and some random things like the time at the Atlas Monte race last year when I was uh, struggling around in order to get some good lines and some good voice messages to understand how the race was going for Josh. Something similar is going to happen. I don't expect to be completely smooth, but I expect to be completely entertainment, entertaining. So it's good. <laughs> cool, people. Then I would say that we can wrap it here. What do you think? It sounds good. That's perfect. I'll go and carry on um, unpacking and repacking my bike. Makes sense. Uh, bring, <laughs> bring a nice jacket. You are going to need it. <laughs> You never know. Definitely. <laughs> no, no. We, we don't want a voice note of you shivering cold, Joshy. Maybe no. maybe we would like to, but let's talk about that. <laughs> People, thanks a lot. <laughs> and down there, there is everything that you need uh, to know down in the description. And if something is missing down here, uh, if something is missing, just give me a shout and I will be sure not to be missed next time. Thanks for the chat, people. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you soon then. And thanks a lot for listening our team here, the Caravanserai, and our rambling around the Island Trail 550 of this year, 2023. I hope you enjoyed our comments, and if you want to follow a bit more closely the HT550 of this year, just be tuned here, because some episodes of the shorts are gonna be posted almost daily with all the adventure of Josh on the HT550. And then, of course, if you want to see also the other episode about the Caravanserai, uh, on YouTube, down here, there is also the beginning at the end, so something like before and after of the last Atlas Mountain race. And as well, if you want to follow again properly and not like only with some rumblings like we did the race, please tune in on Dot Watcher where Becky is going to make live commenting about the race. I think that's it, people. And now it's time to go out of the Caravanserai. We have to leave. We have to leave. Those dark glasses on. The movie star in disguise?